0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of YALA. Bye. Today is another special
1: episode. Yeah, we've just been racking it up. With yeah, racking it up. Alternating
0: yeah. between the current affairs, which is just Terrence and I, and our special episodes with special people.
1: Yes, yeah. and
0: today... Today we have someone who does a lot of stuff. Uh, he He's a radio DJ. Hmm. He's a musician. Hmm. Uh, he's a great interviewer based mm. on his YouTube videos. Yes. Uh, he's a YouTuber. He is mm. uh, multi-hyphenate. Did I say yes. that correctly? Hyphenate? Multi-hyphenate? <laughs> <No>. Yes, multi-hyphenate. <laughs> multi-hyphenate, right, right, yes. Right, yeah. and, and he's also uh, quite a prominent figure in the queer community in Singapore. Mm. And we would like to welcome Mr. Joshua Simon.
2: Hey, Woo! thank What's you so much. What's up,
0: man?
3: Yeah,
2: for having me. This is. Uh, I'm not sure if everyone knows the setup. This is immaculate. There's where we've we've got like a.
3: Isn't hospital. this sort of like hospital. a partition yes, for the hospital
0: screen? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, hospital screen. Yeah, so we mix we mix things up, right? We mix things up. Yeah, yeah,
2: we're in an indoor room with a tent as well. <laughs> yes, it's like opening an umbrella indoor. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. It's an
0: outdoor tent used indoors.
2: And and I'm yeah. looking at are you. And, and there's a half naked version of you as well right behind oh, you oh
0: yes yeah, yeah. yeah correct correct that's true half yeah naked, with
2: yeah. like a sm device yep yeah exactly okay.
0: that's how we roll so we are multi hyphenates as well <laughs> just yeah.
1: in very different ways in different ways
0: but but, but ways. i mean
1: if this if Joshua's voice sounds familiar it's because you probably have heard it uh somewhere on radio before like, somewhere on radio yeah radio somewhere on radio somewhere a very soothing a very soothing voice that helps uh you know in a good way Uh, helps people uh, calm down and, you know, uh, you're going to say Go to night. sleep is it No yeah, yeah <laughs> la, <you> know.
3: That's
1: <laughs> why what, what people Always say to me Your voice makes me Go to sleep and I'm like mm, I'm not sure if that's a compliment
0: Terrence you're meeting Joshua face to face For the first time
2: No, no, no not first time Do you ever time. get that Do you ever a get few, that few, well, I mean like, I, 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 think, I think that of Both of you Because you guys have A very like Very nice deep voice yeah, You know yeah, and yeah. Like, yeah. I, I wanted that For a very long time You know uh, So like when I was in the army I was doing this oh, I was, I was like, oh. You know Corporal JJ Simon. Yeah But uh I can't keep it up You know like, I think I think it was like uh, 13 or 14 when our voices started to break right? yeah, 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 and then yeah. everyone's voice started getting deeper and it was kind of cool. You know, yeah, it was like, yeah. hey, Chin Tia's voice suddenly very deep uh, and, uh, then, and then I'll be like, hi guys. It was <laughs> 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 so like, I would try to pretend to go to school hey guys, today my voice broke but then by like canteen, like 10, 15, like recess, I'll be like. So then in, in Amihao, how you had to it was on and off i would try to like kind of mask it for a while and then were you
1: you in uh the music and drama company i was not oh you were not yeah i was in the film unit so i studied film film,
2: which was incredible so i did a lot of video edits like corporate videos and stuff
1: that's pretty crazy because um yeah most of the time when we talk to artists and all a lot of them went through the music and drama company right Mm so uh, it, to me, it, it feels like it's almost like a rite of passage for artists in Singapore. Yeah, so for someone to go through another route and then still become an artist, it's it's quite interesting.
2: Yeah, I had a very traumatic experience with MDC. Oh, really? Because knowing exactly what you said, which is that yeah. rite of passage, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and is terrifying for someone like me uh-huh. with like my mm. personality and everything, right? Yeah, yeah. So I thought, okay, I have to have to get into MDC. So I actually auditioned before even my health checkup. Not really? just to like try to get one foot through the door right mm, and i mm. and i aced that audition and i was like okay great but you have to get your pest status first before mm. we can even arrange everything right so come back and audition again right yeah. so like yeah no wrong so i got my pest status okay and then i went back and when i did the audition i was at that point i was dancing a lot and i was trying to practice doing a split mm, right mm. and i was wearing socks so when we were stretching i was wearing socks and then i slipped and i went down to a full split and and I felt this like bzz,
3: oh, feeling like an like oh,
2: oh, internal yeah. kind of- Snapping. S- yeah, like a squishy yeah. snap, yeah. you know, like a squishy snap, uh-huh. you know? And I managed to get up, but my legs were wobbly. Uh. So I actually like tore my ligament. Oh, shit. And I auditioned anyway. This and was anyway. while was a, you were warming up? While you were warming well, we were up? you were warming up to learn the like the counts of eight yeah. for the uh, dance okay, part okay. of the audition, right? Oh, yeah. So I completely was terrible at that. Yeah and i didn't get into mdc okay and i was because it was my second audition or near so i was telling everyone coming here guys it's going to be totally fine i've done it before we're all going to be in this (laughs) year we're all going to get in yeah and i didn't get in oh (laughs) Oh, so i was crushed and i just felt really embarrassed as well because like all my peers who are you know gunning for that role in life yeah. where you want to yeah. you know chase your dreams i was like oh i never i didn't make it but then i ended up in film which i didn't know existed yeah, yeah. right we do like internal stuff so we do like the army corporate videos yeah. and everything and it was incredible i yeah. learned so much for being in the film unit
1: i'm sure i'm sure i watched something that you you probably edited like some IPBTA. while we were being brainwashed is it yeah, yeah, yeah so, you know uh, while you're sitting there and then yeah. they're telling you about safety precautions before your ipvt and stuff like that, but but actually, just uh, interesting to to go back a little bit, Because uh, I mean, I think you've been around the entertainment industry in Singapore for at least a good decade or something, right?
2: Yeah, a little bit more.
1: Yeah. yeah. So when when do you wh- wh- when's the anniversary? Like when when was the when was year zero? Oh gosh,
2: I don't know, man. Honestly. Like, I've loved the stage since I was a child. Okay. I remember we had this. I went to kindergarten. It's like a PAP kindergarten. Okay. And we had a talent contest or something. Mm. And then I was the host for that. Uh. And I was a child. This is like pre-primary school, right? If you're in PAP. And I remember getting the script memorizing, like, up next, we have this person performing this song. And I thought I wouldn't do it right. But then once I got on stage, just... That adrenaline that you feel, the electricity, and somehow everything just clicks. And mm. then you start entertaining the crowd and you start yeah. cracking jokes. And I started talking about my parents, you know, on stage. And I was like, yeah. I'm loving this. And then um, I had a very interesting brought up as well where a big chunk of my life, I was not introduced to like film or TV or Mm. radio, everything was sort of from the church. Okay. okay. So later on in in primary school, when I started rebelling and I started discovering Michael Jackson and Whitney and Mariah Mm. and all the greats, I was not exposed to This was the 90s, right? This is the 90s. Then I would, and I was a really fat kid as well. So anytime we would go to to the mall and they would go to like the clothing store, whatever, I would go to the movie shop and then I would um, memorize all the titles and all the artists' names and everything. So I started being just obsessed with pop culture, yeah. and I just took it as this is the world that I need to be a part of. Got it. You know, so I can't think of when it started. The sort of fascination, that that hunger to be a part of that world. Mm. But I think it was very very early on. Very very okay. early on. So when you yeah. went to army,
0: you wanted to be a performer, but when you went to film, it was almost like behind behind the scenes after the recording you know
2: yeah I think even with film it was a tricky thing because I remember in secondary school I already liked to sing mm-hmm. I liked to dance mm-hmm. and I, 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 I thought okay I have to be like Michael to sing and dance right yep, yep. and a lot of the artists were also doing film so I have to act as well and I loved watching movies and and I started writing because I would go and audition for roles yep. and a lot of it were Chinese speaking roles mm-hmm. but I wouldn't get it because I don't look Chinese, mm-hmm. even if I can say the lines, yeah. there's no reason for me to be in Liu Xinghua you know? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. so I, I wouldn't get that role. Mm. Um, so I started, okay, I'm gonna start writing roles for myself. And I went to Neon, studied film, because I'm okay, I'm gonna start um, directing films mm. and, and put someone like me in there. Um, and, and then I ended up falling in love with things like editing and, and YouTube started popping up at yeah. that time as well. I started yeah. writing my own music. So everything kind of just all happened together. Okay at the same time, and I found myself just loving a little bit of everything,
0: yeah. So so just to understand the context of your world, your ethnicity, you're mixed, right? Yeah, and dad's
2: Indian, mom's Chinese.
0: I see, okay. And just yeah. now when you say growing up, you you got a lot of your new info through the church. Yeah. So so that was, uh you grew up in a very religious household. Mm-hmm. I yeah, my,
2: my dad is a pastor at a Bible Presbyterian church. Oh, I see. So it's very, very um, fixated on the Old Testament. Mm. Um Guitars without electricity, cause that's how the devil gets in. Wow. Uh, we use the <laughs> piano and the organ. Um, uh, it's a lot of hymns, right? Yeah, so yeah. when you sing a song, you stand up and you hold yeah. a hymn booklet, and then you go through stanza after stanza. So that yeah. was that was my life. And we had a church library that had like Veggie Tales and all the the shows that I watched as a child mm. were like the different books of the Bible got it got it so today is Joe, and today you know so it's like it's acts and all that revelation. Yeah, so that's yeah. all the stuff that i was getting music was from that yeah it's not even like hill song you know it's mm. like it's like really like like chamber music kind yeah, yeah. Awesome. um but then i had a badass uncle who was already rebelling because okay. my uncle is very different from my dad mm. yeah. and he would have like laser discs you know mm-hmm. and like he would like introduce me to everything so that's how i was like why am i not Exposed to all this So I started rebelling And I started hanging out More with my uncle And then he would Buy me CDs You know And and that was at what age That was in primary school It must have been Primary school Secondary school That period Primary school was The most fun Because that was When I was Anytime there was like a birthday or anything, I would just call my auntie and it came. Can you get me the J Lo album? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Jennifer Lopez album. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give me Janet Jackson, Kylie Minogue. <laughs> so there was
0: people were pass cassettes and uh, Walkman. No, the Disc man, like, Discman, Yeah, was, yeah, Discman. I had a Discman. and
2: Ah, oh, so I was just obsessed with it, and I used to like burn yeah. CDs as well. Yeah, yeah, I used yeah. to make mixtapes for like my friends. So. Yeah. So uh-huh. so at what age?
0: Um, because I know. Before the podcast, you were telling me that your music ties in a lot with your identity as yeah. uh, as an individual and your sexuality and all. Mm-hmm. So, growing up, at what point did you do you realize your your sexuality?
2: Okay, so sexuality for me has always been a very tricky thing. It was definitely a journey. Mm. I, I mean, I won't speak on behalf and and say it's sort of my experiences is uh, it may be similar, but I, I would not say it's sort of the template mm. for for how it's for a lot of people because there was a period where I was attracted to women, where Mm. I I did find women attractive Mm. um, and I could be sexually aroused by sort of the thought of a woman. Mm. And um, But then I also kind of realized, I think around 15 or 16, this is a secondary school, right? Where, when I realized that a lot of the women that I was lusting over were a particular type of women. Whereas, Mm. okay, so how do I explain this? It was the big tits, blonde. It was Pamela Anderson, Uh, Baywatch, mm. because she was like the biggest star. And it was Trish Stratus from WWF, WWF. Mm. you know? And and when it came to crushing on the girl in class, it was the girl that every guy was chasing after. Mm. And I barely knew the girl, but I just liked her because that was what all the guys wanted, Mm. right? So I started realizing like i started questioning things about myself like how much of it is because i actually like this girl Mm -hmm. and want to be with her how much of it is just because i want to be part of the boys i want to i feel so weird and disconnected from everyone else and i just want a friend and actually you know i just want to get the girl and it's more of a trophy or to show everyone that i'm part of your gang you know i'm part of the apex you know so it it was i i started questioning these things and Mm -hmm. i also started to realize that i like spending a lot of time with with How'd I put it? Like I had a couple of guy friends, I started yeah. like crushing on a little bit, okay. mm. and I started like feeling more comfortable being myself with them. I started mm. feeling like I connected better with them. Yeah. Um, and my first couple of sort of sexual experiences happened around that time as well, where it was like, what just happened? Was it like you know? So it, it was very very confusing for me. Mm. And and I we at that time the early two thousands we didn't get a lot of representation. Yeah. Um. Whereas for today, it's definitely much easier. You know, if Mm -hmm. I was 15 years old today, um, uh, I can find a way to bypass the Netflix parental rule, you know, Mm -hmm. and and find something for myself. Because Glee came out when I was in like Bali, like 17, 18 years old. And that was already groundbreaking, that cut character, right? But before that, there were already so many great shows. It's just that it couldn't, enter Singapore yeah. where I remember some of the earlier seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race I had to smuggle it in through um, from JB we used to buy oh a lot prior to CDs right so yeah, I would yeah. buy like RuPaul's Drag Race and then take the disc out and then put it into like the X-Men X-Men yeah. 2 <laughs> really? United and like put it in the slip and then bring yeah. it back to Singapore I yeah. remember doing that for Brokeback Mountain yeah, yeah, and that was like already like oh my gosh I'm watching a gay film yeah, you know yeah. and, and, and it seemed to be critically acclaimed that year right yeah. so it it was it was a journey for me to to learn to understand what I was feeling mm. sexually and also when it came to sort of intimacy and to who I am and and it's a long process and but it, mm. it began around when I was like fifteen or sixteen I think oh, I see, yeah
0: I mm. and and had you already been like how how did music help you with that or how did because uh, that start I'm assuming your identity was starting to take shape. Yeah. But you were always interested in the creative field. So, yeah. how, how did that, what was that relationship like? Mm.
2: So, I, I mentioned this on, on there's a podcast that I host. It's like a queer podcast. It's called The yeah. SG Boys, right? Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. one of the things that I, I, I reflected on uh, and shared was that I was told the word gay like mm. i was called gay before i even knew what my sexuality was yeah you know i remember i was a kid um, primary school and there was bug's life on tv yeah. and then there was this ladybug character yeah. who looked so fabulous but then the voice is really deep right uh-huh. and then my my family friends say oh that is a gay uh, that's a gay so i'm like a, oh a i thought oh, so so oh, a gay wow. is feminine presenting deep voice so uh-huh. that was what i thought it was okay. and then i thought after that oh gay men are guys who cannot get girls mm-hmm. that's why they sleep with their own gender oh, cool. you know or then you hear things about like prison yeah. and stuff like that oh so that's the only time someone is gay I you see. know when they don't have women so it was all these warped perceptions of what a gay person is mm. for a very long time um And then when i was in secondary school my pe teacher shared with me that he was gay and he had a boyfriend and that completely blew my mind because he was like i love this man i and i'm like but you're so handsome you can get any girl that you want why why are you with a guy and he's like i'm gay and i love i love my partner was he open about it he was open about it to me which i know was a huge risk yeah right i don't know if he's kind of like could tell you know, and he he was just, I know it must have been really scary when he thought about it back and forth, but that completely changed everything for me because I never seen someone who is so handsome and everyone all thought he was very handsome and we yeah. were trying to think of, oh, we should pair him up with our English teacher and all that. And, yeah. and he just straight up just says, I'm gay. You know, and and that mm. took balls for him to say that in the early 2000s. Yeah. Oh, but, but
1: he he revealed that to you. He, he in revealed a, that to me. Uh, like in what kind of setting? It, on you know, on like, MSN. Oh, MSN. Oh, I was it?
2: like, oh, how? Because we were like, like, we, we were, like you know? By <laughs> the way, guys, <laughs> I'm not sure if you can tell. Okay. That's true. No, no, like, no, no, and 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 he's also sort of very masculine presenting uh, yeah, yeah, as well. So sure. it was just all these. I just never experienced that. So we were on MSN and all of us mm. were doing that in secondary school. Mm. Pair, I'll teach us up with everyone, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we were probably, I was probably trying to say, oh, you should hang out with Miss Young and all that. And, and mm. he was like, no. And, and boundaries, as as someone should, if they're in a relationship, I'm gay, this is who I am. Yeah. And and he had the balls to do that. And, and that completely changed everything for me. Mm. And I was called Aquan and all that because I joined choir, because mm. I joined dance. It had nothing to do with my sexuality. Yeah. you know yeah. So when I started feeling these feelings or I, when I had my first sort of sexual experience, the first thing I felt was shame. It was fear. Mm. Yeah. I went to church immediately the next morning, asked everyone to put their hands on my head and pray for me. I don't want to be gay because I also didn't understand what gay was, right? Mm. I thought gay means I'm going to be bullied. Mm. Everyone's going to start calling me aqua, and I cannot defend myself because I am an Akwa now. I'm a Bapo. All these horrible, hurtful things that they would say to me to make fun of me. I am now these things, so I cannot be gay. Mm. Or um, Uh, they're going to kick me out of the house i've heard heard about that so i don't want any of these things it had Mm. nothing to do with this is how i feel and it's pure and it's beautiful just like the same way a straight person would feel if they have a crush on a girl they go Mm. they hold someone's hand it's supposed to feel exciting a lot of us in the queer community that first feeling is shame and fear
3: Mm.
2: you know Mm. and then i spend like the next part of my life trying to unpack a lot of things and learn learn how to behave learn how to treat other people with respect learn how to treat myself with respect learn to fight for myself to not feel so afraid so that's where a lot of that comes from Mm. you know um and art has been um it has just been this sort of recurring thing where um like I would listen to Madonna and I'll listen to Mariah Carey and everyone be like Mm. this damn gay I would listen to Spice Girls over Backstreet Boys and I'd be that's damn gay. Mm. It's like I would choose Chun Li and not Ryu and maybe mm. that is gay. Kitana over Liu Kang, not Scorpion. You know, like I yeah. would choose all these things that would not be sort of the norm for a guy yep, yep. and be then met with are you gay? Mm. or your voice is feminine are you gay yeah. so i had to learn to over time own all these things so like yeah i'm gonna use katana and whoop yeah. your ass you know mm. like i'm gonna sing and dance and do whatever i i love and and i think it was born this way for, for that lady gaga mm. album that was when i was in boli when yeah. she released born this way and then glee was out and then we had modern family starting yeah. to come up We started having more representation. People started watching all these shows Mm. where it didn't become the niche thing anymore. And RuPaul's Drag Race also over time became bigger and bigger and bigger. I started owning... Owning it and and yeah. just having a blast and just dressing up when I wanted to dress up and I wasn't the only one. There were so many people yeah. uh, who are queer and they started like dressing up wacky and freaking people yeah. out with their outfits and owning the freak in them during that par- yeah. that that era as well.
1: So just to go back a little bit, uh, um sure. Your school was it an all boys school or was it a mixed school? Yeah,
2: everything? I went to mixed school all the way. Neighborhood so, school.
1: I I mean this is uh, a lot of this is 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 very interesting, but it's also um, I mean, for for we we went to we both went to the same boys' school. Which school? Is oh, that? R. I. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> no, we don't mean <laughs> it in that way. <laughs> I was just gonna. I was just gonna. I, are you
2: aware yeah. that like RI is RI? Yeah, yeah. So like when you is say, right. is I there know, a level of yeah. like you know, it's like I live in a bungalow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know there is. There is. There is. Yeah, issues,
1: right. right. Because, because, because there's a lot of preconceived notions that people have about reference. Yeah, refls. in my mind,
2: I was like, this oh, Josh,
0: different. don't ask which school we, yeah. we went to. Josh, don't ask which school. And which you can't run away from it, even if you say I'm from ACS, everyone.
1: Exactly. So, but then you know, but you know, like, like you know, like the even, it's not a monolithic thing, right? There mm. are people, it's just a spectrum. Like, Haresh was a jock. I was a, a jock a, yeah. I was a jock. I wasn't a jock. Uh, you know, like, I also enjoyed, like, uh, a lot of the artsy stuff, like, you know, uh, singing and performing and stuff like nice. that. Nice. Um, I don't know if you but, did. Uh,
0: la. I mean, so, when, when Terrence says I was a jock, I mean, I played I I like sports. Mean, was, sports mean, was my life. Girls. Okay, Shut up, Terrence. <laughs> I'm <talking. laughs> but, yeah. but there were certain things that the sportsmen used to do about how this table is only for guys, no girls can sit here and mm. all. And I look back and I'm like, oh, shit. I, I, like, that, was,
1: that was the world I was living in. Yeah. Like. But so that, I, did that shape how you thought about, uh, you know, the gay people well, and everything?
0: Uh, I think the the like gay people were so far out of my... You know, actually, there were people in my school, in my batch that people used to say, oh, you know, a bit gay a bit uh aqua and all that and yeah that totally did shape it but i Mm. don't know whether it's just that jock culture or generally the entire class culture because Mm. back then it was still it was still taboo right it was still taboo and but i would say being in that circle yeah i was like oh we are the men you know people in drama and all you know we are the men and i look back and i'm like oh shit that was a i'm i'm glad along the way i've been exposed or like uh and just even even the times have evolved also la. but looking yeah. back yeah Jock recovering homophobe <laughs> fuck you so, so this is also the problem in media yeah, you know no. people take one <laughs> thing and they extrapolate and like oh because that was my, my, my state of mind I probably went to being a homophobe
2: and then yeah. i back I uh-huh. 100% agree I, I think you you Probably you probably said a lot of things that were hurtful, or you watched mm. other people. You heard a lot of people say mm. a lot of things hurtful, mm. and that was a period of time of where you were. Then, yeah. Um, I don't think it. I mean, I'm glad that you've grown. You mm. know, and it, right. and we, we all continue to grow, right? Um, but I think it's also giving each other some space, some grace. Yeah. To to understand the situation. But is that really? That?
1: But is that really possible when, when you know, we're talking about like primary school? Kids and all, I know. I know between adults and and even in your when you're 15 or 16, yeah, you can actually talk some sense into people. And, you know, you shouldn't say things about them. Yeah, but like kids, like do you, do you think like kids today? have it uh, they have it any easier
2: oh I think we uh, underestimate uh, kids I think when we were kids we didn't know we were kids and and we had thoughts and we had opinions and but we were constantly told that we were not smart enough to understand Mm -hmm. I I, I genuinely think that that kids are that can be really bright Mm -hmm. and and really intelligent and and very very creative as well and I I, like when I think of your sort of situation with being one of the boys and Mm -hmm. you learn the culture based on how, how it is everywhere else, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And because you guys are a certain way and if you're uh, praised as a certain way, like, oh, you guys are so tough and you guys are winning stuff for the school, you guys are prized and important. Mm. Um, then anyone who is not like you guys then becomes lesser than. Yeah. And to make yourself feel even taller, you make them feel a bit shorter, mm. you know? So, so I understand that. And I think a lot of me learning about life and, and and try not to hold a grudge against someone like you. Like, you probably yeah. would have bullied me, you know, yeah, if I yeah. was in school with you. I mean, F- fuck. You okay. bully the two of us. <laughs> okay, first of all, I we would be hanging say- at the computer lab, you and <laughs> I. Right? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I totally, totally. I wanted to say, you know, just how Terrence was saying, oh, you know, that was interesting.
0: I came from a school and all that, but he never got to his point. His whole point <laughs> of that was just to label me as a job. You no, no, no because
1: yeah. I, I think, I think, um, we, I just wanted to understand, yeah. Yeah. like, how do you view, you know, like people back then, you know, who said... Uh, yeah, because I used you. to...
2: I used to, like, would, I would meet someone like you and you, you would say things like that, right? And mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, I hate you. Like, you mm-hmm. you made, like, you made my my secondary school yeah. life hell when yeah. you didn't do shit, mm-hmm. right? Maybe mm-hmm. you did it for someone else, but you mm-hmm. didn't actually do anything to me, right? But you represent this type yeah. of person. And I've learned to sort of, like, untangle all that and be like, what created this person, mm-hmm. right? What created this person to say what he said then? Yeah, Because there were a lot of people um, who... Over time, I've watched their journey on on Facebook and Instagram, and they've ended up championing a lot of these mm-hmm. causes. Uh, one person mm-hmm. went to fashion school. I'm not yeah. saying whether or not he's queer or not, but I just would never have expected that from the basketball guy. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, he used to pick on me for being feminine, and mm-hmm. and he's in fashion school. Like a part of me is like, oh, maybe he was closeted, and or yeah. maybe he was still figuring himself out. you know, and yeah. and but I I've, I'm only happy for. Him. I never kind of. W- I've never kind of crossed paths with him ever mm. again. But I was like when I saw that on Facebook, oh, that was kind of cool. So I've learned to let go a lot of these things because mm. it's really not healthy. Otherwise, yeah. you spent so much of your life talking about bullying. Cause I mean, up till when I was like 23, 24, I was still writing about on Facebook about, oh no, bullying was really tough. It completely Mm-mm. messed me up and everything. And I blamed them and 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 it was tough, you know. But I am also learning to not harbor that mm. kind of hate at them because while I did say that kids are very smart, also kids are very, very impressionable. Mm, so they, mm. not only to the teachers, but the people around them as well. Yeah. And mm. it's kind of tough. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So so do you, do you feel a sense of, um, do you feel that sense of uh, forgiveness for older generations of people who live in Singapore today, who still cling on to rather outdated beliefs, uh, even though everything points otherwise?
2: Well, there isn't anything to forgive if they're not kind of apologetic or... You know, okay. they're reaching that point of I understand and and I kind of want to seek your forgiveness, right? Mm. Um, but I, on my own, I just try to understand what created this person, right? Mm. So I'm, I have been for the past year and a half, uh, been listening to voices that, that wouldn't be very popular based on. My belief set Mm -hmm. You know Like listening to um, People like Candace Owens Mm -hmm. Or Ben Shapiro We're talking about Right wingers Conservative uh, Commentators Yeah yeah. And and Caitlin Bennett Mm -hmm. Where where all of these people Would be like Why How dare you Why are you Oh they're so gross They're so homophobic Mm -hmm. All this and that They've said so many Like problematic things Like Mm -hmm. yeah They say problematic things To you But they also have A following That agree with them And I want to understand What their perspective is Right Because as a Gamer, you you're a gamer, right? I kind of yeah, assume yeah, that you're a yeah, gamer. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I just could P- see you gaming. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. yeah, I, 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 right, what, yeah. Kind of, what kind of gamer are you? You're like a PC gamer or no, a, console no, a console gamer? Console. <laughs> yeah, can you high-five me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're not like a mobile legends. <laughs> no, 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 okay, mobile Just You're There's like pure a proper console. like triple yeah, A game. Yeah, You're my guy. Can I can I just say for a podcast is talking
0: about no labels and no judgment? You just label me a jock, you just label him a gamer. Uh, but I yeah. guess that's, that's part of human nature to a certain extent oh, yeah right? for
2: sure yeah. It's, it's it's a very lazy thing to do but we're very lazy people mm-hmm. and, and sometimes I mean and, and I think like yeah. what you
0: said about understanding people who disagree with you I mm. think sometimes there's a bit too much focus on this utopian ideal that everybody will get along nobody mm. will be bigoted nobody will be discriminatory nobody will be kind of like lazy in yeah. but that's hu- who humans are and I think it's very important that everybody <laughs> understands that lah
1: but so what what caused that that change you said around 23 you were still writing about online bullies and and, and you know people like that. what what caused you to just oh, decide to do the the was that?
2: change was was recent uh, I feel I feel like only in the past couple of years have I started to understand myself and, and learn to just let go a lot of things? Mm-hmm. Uh, only in the past couple of years, like three years, okay, three or four years, I would say.
1: Was it, was it related to that, that particular um viral incident? Yeah, about the a little
2: uh,
0: bit. Yeah,
1: can we, yeah. uh, yeah. Harish, let's give us the rundown. The rundown. So the I know, rundown. like,
0: we covered this on a podcast previously. Yes. I will bring up the podcast number in a bit. But it, from what I recall, you were slated to give a TEDx talk. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um at which institution? This is at Singapore Poly. Singapore mm-hmm. Poly. And on the day of um, the they, night, before. The night before, the before they told you after they had seen your plan talking points, they told you to leave out the stuff that, that relates to the queer community or LGBT issues. Mm-hmm. And then you decided to pull out from the whole conference because you didn't want to kind of water down what you wanted to say. Like, mm-hmm. and I remember you saying that you didn't want that to set a precedent for future speakers, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, so, so what about that? I know it, it went quite viral. It was quite talked about. We talked about it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what was going through your mind when that whole thing happened, and how did it how did it shape, like what you just said, like that change?
2: I didn't see it coming, mm. but I also kind of saw it coming. Mm. It's a very strange, kind of weird place to be in. So just to give it a little bit of context, right? So I had a like a big breakup the year before, but it, for me at that point it was the lowest low of my life, right? Because okay. I had met someone, fall in love wildly in love and after being single for so long you meet someone who completely sweeps you off your feet you're just like oh this is finally here but i was also it was also linked to a lot of my insecurities where i thought i was gonna be lonely forever or i mm-hmm. thought i cannot get this kind of person uh, I'm, you know like I, I thought i had such low self-esteem and value for myself as well mm-hmm. so a lot was riding onto this relationship for it to work and then when it ended Abruptly, It completely yeah. shattered me and I was struggling with my mental health at that time as well with uh, suicidal ideation, with PTSD, with anxiety, like a series of things. And I was on this journey of, of working on myself as a response to that. It wasn't Mm, like, I'm gonna start doing yoga. It was, I'm on the floor, I'm crying. I need something to shut my brain off. So I start typing what I'm feeling on Google Mm. and then like a TED talk comes out. Mm. So I started watching all these TED talks and um, Brene Brown, you know, um, and um, I started like listening to them and on long walks and and it would inspire me. And I thought, you know, someday maybe I'll do a TED talk Mm, mm. about all the things that I've learned and I would journal everything. Um, and then I got asked to do a TED talk, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I was sharing what I was feeling and experiencing and reflecting on very openly on social media. And and there was a student from Singapore Poly who saw that and knew what I was talking about and said, we would love for you to do a TEDx because we're actually yeah. organizing one. So I thought, oh my goodness, I have always wanted to do it. And now I guess it's time. And if I can do it. Maybe I'll convince myself that I'm okay now. Mm. You know, sometimes you need that Mm. climb. Once you're at that summit, you're like, I actually kind of did it. I need to photograph this moment. So I was like, okay, I have to do it. So I spent time writing the script. I knew what it was going to be about. Because that that day, that breakup was also linked to me coming out to my family. Mm. But in a way that I did not expect. So what happened was the day that breakup happened, I also found out that uh, there was someone who was blackmailing my family, oh, shit. trying to get my dad to not run to be the hit pastor of the church. So uh-huh. he wrote a letter to my dad and all the elders to say that your son is gay uh-huh. or not fit because you shit. cannot even take care of your own family. There's no way you can take care of this church. So yeah. that's how my dad found out that I'm gay and my mom yeah. and my relatives, because everyone we will mm, tell everyone. Yeah. So all that happened on the same day as my breakup. Oh. So it completely that just did. fucked with my mind. Yeah. Right. So I wanted to share where I was a year prior and all the Mm. things that I've learned and that growth and that relationship that I I now have with myself and the people around me. And I did the rehearsal the week prior at Mm. Singapore Poly, right? I had my script, I was constantly reworking. I was constantly Mm. like, should I put this Mm. in? Should I not? Uh, and you have to memorize all that, by the way. I'm yeah, not sure yeah, if yeah. you know it. You have to memorize mm-hmm. your TED talk and I'm- yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's no tel- like, teleprompter. Kind I of thought, thing. <laughs> you know, I thought I'd like, cause some people, they use the cards, but yeah, then my yeah, thing yeah. is that like, and I have that with microphones as well. My hand will start shaking. So even ah, though I'm see, super see. confident, like, hey everyone, but I'm like that, uh, right? Yeah. So I don't want a case of me doing this while I'm reading. Sure, yeah. So I was like, I have to memorize, I have to memorize. So I did like a, like a rehearsal the week prior, they liked it. But then the night before they asked for the script and the moment they asked for the script, Having done radio for 10 years and kind of knowing mm-hmm. what the boundaries are when it comes to mainstream media platforms, I was like, I, I know this yeah. is once again. So I didn't expect it because I I thought that you know TEDx is something that was not part of this whole red tape thing where mm-hmm. I can feel comfortable and I can share all these things. Yeah. Where because I didn't even share all this on Instagram. I didn't even mm-hmm. share what was going on with my family mm-hmm. on Instagram, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. I thought TEDx, even if all this were to come out. And my dad hears about it or the the people in the church hear about it. There's a level of respect where, you know, he did it at a TEDx. It wasn't just a Facebook post. Mm. So I think we'll understand. So I didn't expect that to happen for the TEDx talk. Mm. But I also expected that having done media for the past, what, 10 plus years, I know this is... What's gonna happen? So I sent the script, and then I texted my friend, "Let's go for a red wine. <laughs> I have a feeling. I kind of know how this is gonna go." And then they called me. Well, the students called me, and they said that, um, uh, "Is there any way you can take out the whole front part?" About the coming out story with your parents and the breakup with the boyfriend. Can you say it's a girlfriend? I was like, I can't do that. Like, okay, like first of all, there's the sorry. These were students who, yeah. So it's a student organized Mm. TEDx, right? Um, And so they asked if these were the areas that the teachers pointed out that won't work on Mm. stage, right? Mm. So can you alter it? So I said, like, there's one layer is I've wanted to do this because I thought this was. This was me finally mm. doing the TED Talk after listening to TED Talks, right? Yeah. I don't want my first TED Talk to be like this. Yeah. You know, to remember it like that. And number two was how's this series about like embracing your true self when mm-hmm. I can't like be mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. and I have to lie about all these things? Yeah. And yeah. worse still, tell everyone that life is awesome without showing you how shitty it was yeah, where yeah. there were times where i couldn't get out of bed and like i'm able to stand and do this talk right now because there mm. were so many times i had to like pull myself out of bed right so if i can't show you that part i'm not going to show you how life can be awesome you know yeah. you have mm, to yeah. go through the bullshit. um and they were like can you not uh maybe talk about the celebrities you've interviewed and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> you know i'm just like I'm not going to do that because I could I, I I can do that everywhere else, you yeah, know, like, yeah, and yeah. this is not what I want to do this TED Talk about. <laughs> so I said, I'm going to have to pull out yeah. if if you can't let me do the TED Talk that I've written mm-hmm. and you heard it, you know, and, and the students knew, like they were there, they heard the talk. But who was talk. pressuring the students? So it was, it so it was the teachers uh-huh. based on what I heard from the situation, okay. right? Yeah. And it couldn't have been the students because I was approached by the students. Yeah. 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 So when the Who students- knew what was happening, who knew what this whole TEDx was about when yeah. they asked me to talk about this thing. They heard the story. They had coffee sessions with me where I told them everything that I was going through. So they yeah. knew everything. So it wouldn't have been the students. And they heard a rehearsal the week before. Oh, right? shit. Right? And when I... Pulled out And then I Performed at Ping Dot That night And I announced to everyone That I was supposed to do this TEDx today And this is what happened And then it became This big viral story Mm -hmm. A lot of the articles That came out after that Was On what Singapore Poly Said Mm. In response to everything Which was that It was the sort of The students who felt It was a bit uncomfortable The teachers Mm -hmm. didn't really Have a say in all that And then I was just like
1: They threw the students Under the bus Yeah. Yeah
2: And I didn't retaliate because these are still students who still have to graduate Mm. and they're not gonna win this fight if Mm. I if I start going in and be like no 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 actually the students were calling me on the phone saying this is what they're pressured to do but they can't do anything Mm. But then on sort of the paper, so I remember there was that mother- mothership article where it was sort of actually, there was the students who were not uncomfortable. Mm. And that's not true. They hired yeah. me. They wanted yeah. me to do this thing. You know, they sat with me and... So there's no way, but I was like, there's no way I can respond to this. And Mm -hmm. then I I kept going back to this uh, one line from Loving What Is by Byron Katie. And she was like, defense is sort of the first action to war. Mm -hmm. But like the moment you start defending yourself, you're going into straight out war with these people. Mm -hmm. And I just knew that, Okay, I'm gonna practice just not speaking anymore because I just can't, right? Because mm. if I if I start going in, this whole thing was which was supposed to be a beautiful memory. You doing yeah. a TEDx is yeah. gonna turn into something really ugly, and I'm gonna remember it like that. So that was, it was only that point that I broke down where I started like feeling and I started crying cause I was just like, I didn't think it would take more work. You know, I just mm-hmm. thought it would be like, I did the work already, I, I did mm-hmm. the healing, you know, I'm in a place now where I can like publicly like stand up and talk. And then now it's like, I still have to go through that. So I was in a mm-hmm. really raw state at that point. And then after that, um, when I just started pulling away for a while um, and I spent more time with myself, that's when I felt like ever since that period i feel like i've grown i feel like mm. i have i'm a lot more conscious about what i experience i'm a lot more understanding with people i want to hear different sides and i brought up the whole gamer thing just now mm. because we as gamers know that if you want to fight a monster you have to understand the monster yeah. right? especially if you're a yeah. dark soul Souls spawn plus you oh, need to so study exactly. the monster's moves right yeah, yeah. so how i've learn to do that is to hear all sides and be Mm. a little bit more understanding with how everyone is going through and try to understand what created this situation so even with this tedx thing what created this system in place Mm. because if you actually look at sort of section 377a that criminalizes sex between men which is what Mm. we're repealing against here in singapore in public or in private gross indecent act right um none of it sort of says anything about like discussions on gender identity Mm, mm. or it doesn't actually directly affect say lesbians or trans people yeah right um why so it's it's just the act itself but then there are all these trickle down effects Mm. this gray area that queer Mm. people then exist in Mm. where there are no positive portrayals of lgbtq plus people on media Mm. where if Um, A film like Love, Simon, which is a PG-13 film in America, Mm. is R21 here with no sex scenes whatsoever. One kiss, right? It's R21 and magazines, newspapers, TV close their marketing doors to you because it's an R21 Mm. film that they're promoting to a general public, which is supposed to be all G or PG content. We're pretty much being scratched out. Yeah you yeah. know or if you look at the our boys to men poster and there's one guy doing this at the far left mm-hmm. you know yeah. where he's okay to be a bit more flamboyant and to be sort of the jester the joke yeah if it's on us but we cannot hold hands with another person we can't mm-hmm. be human that way we can't express how he feels even though it doesn't actually break that section 377a law yeah. but there are no yeah. positive portrayals or how sort of like drag culture has been appropriated um through uh, when you think of Liang Sime, Liang Po Po, and all that, or some of the mm-hmm. early representations of drag on TV, but none of it is kind of attributed or goes back to the community, or we will have actual drag queens yeah. um, on TV. So it's it's a lot of these things that I started sort of noticing and feeling and being a lot more conscious about. And uh, there are many times where I feel that fury that angry me, and it's at that time where I need to like. Mm. and be like what created this Mm.
0: so you still feel that uh all the time mm.
2: all the time i i think even with and this is just sort of with sexuality right i mean Mm. we we had that discussion recently with another bout of that racism thing Mm. in singapore right Mm. and and even when all that stuff happened uh, a couple of months ago.
0: It's almost, you have to be more specific which racial event <laughs> it happens so often yeah, nowadays.
3: Yeah.
0: Is
1: like...
2: And, and chances are, it's happened a lot, right? Yeah, and yeah, it's just yeah. that people feel like they get a better sense of justice when it's on social media compared to say, calling the police, right? Because yeah, then now, it's like a proper discussion because of that viral video compared to say, how would it ha- have happened if, if say they went to the police, what would have happened, right? Would mm. we have had this discussion? Would we have known about it even, Right. Um, but I'm, it's exhausting mm, Right mm. A- Especially if you're A brown person And you mm. hear these things And you have talked About it before It's very exhausting mm. To like get back Into that conversation mm. So sometimes I'm in that place Sometimes I'm in that place Where it's it's Very very exhausting Because you don't know Where that light At the end of the tunnel When is it going to reach you but,
0: but so Okay so y- You know like um, r- Right now If it almost feels like Let's say for issues of race Right Um the internet, where a lot of discussion happens, uh, is so polarized that polarized. Sometimes it feels like, whenever this kind of thing happens, uh, we come out of it worse off. Like you get the camp, uh, both camps become stronger. You get mm-hmm. the conservatives and the liberals become stronger. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that in say for for LGBTQ plus matters like like uh, because I've also heard anecdotally um, that when those issues were not at the forefront of society. Um, people from that community could lead quiet lives. Mm. But now it's almost like every time something like that comes up, it goes down almost the same life cycle. People are getting more polarized. And you said yourself, you know, it feels exhausting. Do you do you feel that? Like, oh, maybe now it's too much at the front, uh, front and center. It would be nice if we could just lead quiet lives. Or do you think it is part and parcel of the process of society evolving to a point where there can be some sort of, how you say uh, Harmony mm.
2: Well I mean If the bacteria is in the food The bacteria is in the food Whether or not you're hungry Or you're full or what right? So I mm. think When in, in the case of Of these areas Of injustice um, it, it's, it's Yes there are times Where you feel very exhausted And you really just don't want to work anymore And you're just like You know, it's fine, actually, um, if you just want to go about your life in Singapore and you just want to do your thing and then work hard. And uh, then there are a lot of people like that, a lot of queer people who who have kind of accepted it. You know, white flag, like, you know, this is I'm I'm only going to be able to afford an HDB at 35 years old. That's the only time because otherwise I can't get married and, and apply for a BTO like everyone else. So I'm just going to save all my money, renounce my citizenship so I can actually take out money from my CPF account and then find uh, go to go to San Francisco where I could be myself. Mm. You know, there, there are a lot of people who are like that and mm-hmm. they have and, 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 and um, I'm happy for them if they're able to do that. And that's what they want. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also a lot of us who cannot do that. Mm -hmm. you know who who don't have the financial capabilities to do that Mm -hmm. right um and they're stuck here or there are a lot of people who um are themselves uh, and and they're queer but they also are singaporean and Mm -hmm. they're not going to let it shake that love that they have for Singapore, and that's where they belong Mm -hmm. um what happens to them like you know um so 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 there is a level of like exhaustion that we feel for sure but it doesn't take away from the fact that this is not right and there needs to be change. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh so it's a constant reminder to to do the work and, and find your role you know even if it's something as simple as just picking up a rock and putting it there
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know mm-hmm. um so i i try to i try to do that and when it comes to sort of coming into a conversation and then we feel like oh things are actually getting worse worse is not really sort of the the gauge for anything or right? what is worse I, I i think every conversation is useful uh, even mm. if it gets really messy and you get really angry by the end of it it, mm. it doesn't mean that you're worse off now it just means that now you understand how easily triggered you are by these mm. kind of conversations and you know what your fuse is and where it comes in and where you kind of lose your your head and, and ends up being completely useless because if we had just calmed down a little bit and if you calm down a little bit we could have maybe continue on in this conversation so every little bit helps every little bit helps i think but it is exhausting mm, mm. So,
1: yeah. so 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 uh, where are things at with the uh, the family since since that uh, the <sighs> bust up and and everything um
2: where are things with the family um, when And I won't speak for everyone, but at least for myself Mm. and for a few people that we've had on the podcast, it seems that when you come out of the closet, you don't come out once, Mm
3: -mm.
2: come out over and over and over again. And then you have to educate the people that you come out to with what you're coming out with, Mm -mm. right? Because mom, I'm gay. Mm. It's, oh my God, my child's HIV positive.
3: Mm -mm.
2: Oh, my child's going to start cross-dressing my child's going to go to Gay my child's going to work at Chang'e. <laughs> it's like the, all these things of what the does negative, gay mean yeah. as well? Because if you try to understand what created the monster, it's like mm-hmm. the, the years of the uh, the AIDS epidemic, there's years mm-hmm. of this, and then the, the negative portrayals of queer people, the, you only see the stereotype of queer people being a certain way. And then, yeah. so it's just like, that's what created this person. So now you help them untangle that and also mm learn to be like, okay, maybe give them a bit of space. To, uh, hopefully they want to spend some time to do a bit of research on their own, whether or not they want to. Uh, in the case of my parents, I don't know if they've done a lot of research, um, but it's still tough. And I'm learning to push myself to not blame them so much. Because mm. um, even after I came out, like I'll watch RuPaul's Drag Race at sort of the kitchen table with my phone. And yep. if my dad comes home, I'll turn it off. Mm. Now I'm training myself to just leave it on, because mm-hmm. there was one point where I was watching Queer Eye, and then I think my mom said, why are you watching this style show? And oh. I was like, what's wrong with this show, mom? Mm. Please back it up. Please back up your case. <laughs> you know, like what, what's wrong with the show? Do you have you seen the show? Do you even mm. know what this show is about? You know, and um, there is one episode of Queer Eye um, that is a little bit similar to what I've gone through with my family where it's um, a a son who grew up in a church and there was a very tense situation with his family because of his sexuality. And there's Bobby from the Queer Eye cast in that episode who refuses to step into church because Mm. so much of his life was in the church. And then he had to leave leadership because he came out and it completely devastated him. And it's very, very similar to what I went through. And I've told my mom and dad, like there's this one episode of Queer Eye that I want to watch with you mm-hmm. and they've held it off and it's been like a year mm-hmm. and they've still held it off. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a part of me that like feels hurt, that feels upset, that wishes that we can all just like engage in these conversations Um I'm in a relationship. I've started just openly saying my boyfriend dropped me home. Mm. I started saying, can you, uh, "Can you prepare some extra food for my boyfriend as well?" And mm. then my mom like recently said, "I can cook for all your friends. You know, actually, all your friends is no problem, man." Mm. I said, "Yeah, mom, but that's my boyfriend's <laughs> food that you're putting, okay." all your friends, don't this say this awful thing. Don't say this tough thing. This Why? Is oh. It can be all messy. friends. <laughs> oh. You know, so so there are all these little things but I'm yeah, also yeah, yeah. learning to understand that, you know, mm. it is hard for them and I don't know what they're going through as well and what shapes this term gay for them. Yep, yep. Um yeah, and and uh, I'm learning, I'm learning to be okay mm, with mm. I came out and I thought everything's done, and it's not. Just mm. like the TED Talk thing, sure. mm. there's still more work to be done. There's still more to experience. Um, yeah, and I mean,
1: Queer Eye is a is a great show. I I enjoy watching it as mm. well, and even just as a you know a straight man as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are a lot of like good lessons in there. I felt I was like, whoa, this shows actually a lot deeper than I thought it would. And be. And you know,
2: the 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 strange sort of statistic is that is a larger audience. Um, of straight people or yeah. i think more specifically like women straight mm-hmm. women who mm. follow Rupaul's drag race mm, yeah, and yeah. queer eye then actually queer people yeah I actually took a long time before i started watching queer eye or Rupaul's drag race because mm. there's also that sense of shame that you feel and that sense of fear as well yeah. with content from your own community and what it'll bring out of you mm-hmm. um so so it's 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 true yeah yeah,
1: yeah. have you seen it yeah, yeah, It's good, right? Uh, it's yeah, good, yeah, it's good, it's good. Great, yeah, I'm lessons. happy. Like,
2: yeah. this is one great level as well. Like, <laughs> you're able to, like, yeah. very confidently be like... Great. I think
0: the first, I started watching Queer Eye in Japan. Like, they went <laughs> yeah. to Japan and that was fucking great. Because Japan as a country is so interesting. Yeah. And then they go into people's homes so you see the Japanese culture. And yeah, it was it was my girlfriend who, like, told me about it. And then anyway, I watched it. I was like, oh, shit, this is, this is entertaining. I love
2: that. But, but I mean, what yeah. you're saying is,
1: is very true. Uh, that the representation of of uh the queer community in mainstream media. Yeah. Uh is I think it's a is a very big part of where I mean we've made very big steps since like ten years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Uh but but at this point, the um, what do you think of 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 people, when people when they say uh like like you know Disney gets a lot of flack for Star Wars, right? Like what uh I mean the the most recent Ryan Johnson when he when he directed Star Wars and then they started saying oh it's like it's like woke and, 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 and you right. know they started to insert like uh that that two that two of the characters in, they were insinuating that they were gay, yeah. or were they not and, and, but they never really addressed it either. So what do what do you think of, of uh what do you what do you think when people say have these kinds of accusations towards the companies that are they are trying to maybe on a on a in I mean in all fairness, maybe they are trying to just have more diversity on screen. Um.
2: Yeah, um, I think Netflix in general has been criticized for that.
3: Yeah, Mm. yeah.
2: Uh, Where they're like, their Netflix culture is to just throw and pepper queer Mm, characters mm, like salt bay queer characters all over their shows right like random queer characters show up right and Mm. their response to that their actual response to that is they've always existed like Mm. queer people have always always existed in all these different spaces they just haven't been comfortable enough to just be themselves and we want to start opening up these characters Mm. for that to happen as well yeah um and 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 i love that and and i i see um how that has helped as well even with sort of, even my dad, right? He mm. would be on Netflix watching a show that he would not expect a queer character to be in there. Yeah. And then that person happens to be queer mm. or they have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or the same gender. And then yeah. like he's forced to look at that and forced to be like, oh yeah, actually that guy is a cool character. Mm. You know, yeah. and, and learn to untangle some of these only imageries that he's always had for yeah. for, for certain people. So, so that has been helpful. Um, mm. But I think most importantly, I think... Um, representation is very important for um, our own community. It's there's an outward level of activism, and there's a huge inward effect as well. Mm. Because even for RuPaul's Drag Race, there are a lot of queer people who don't want to watch RuPaul's Drag Race, right? Yep, yep. Um, I know a lot of a, a lot of guys who are like, "Oh, it's too feminine for me," as if it's mm, going to mm. take away any kind mm. of masculinity from you. Mm. Um, and uh, the truth is, I I said those things as well mm. because. And it was not that long ago when I said those things where I refused to watch RuPaul's Drag Race because I thought, you know, um, they're very different for me, these drag mm. queens. And if I start watching these shows, what if it makes me more feminine? And what if it unlocks that thing in me? And I, what if I accidentally start liking? Yeah. Uh, like, accidentally. What if I actually start liking drag and I wanna try doing it, you know? Or um, I think if I'm caught watching RuPaul's Drag Race, they're gonna think I'm like them. Mm. So there's mm. that. Love as well And I've learned so much From watching RuPaul's Drag Race mm, And mm. I now look at drag queens Totally different And I go to drag shows When, when they have nothing to do with RuPaul's Drag Race as well And I've learned yeah. to like Appreciate and, and understand their art mm. A lot more Um I think uh, even uh, with uh, trans visibility, yeah. especially as well, right, in Singapore, even as a queer person, you would think everyone's holding hands together and supportive of each other. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a hierarchy of sort of masculine presenting gay men, followed by feminine and then where sort of drag queens or trans people lie or lesbians lie. There's a yeah. sort of that kind of um, almost caste system I as a strange kind of analogy to use, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a lot of self-hate because that's a lot of hate that we've had on ourselves. So we mm. kind of put it onto people around us. Or mm. even if you are gay and there's a lot of hate towards other gay people where it's like, you can't sit with us. Because for the longest time, mm. we have not been part of the group. Yeah. So now that we have our own sofa, this is going to be our own people who look a certain way our own, mm. or, or have the same kind of skin color or the same kind of built. Yeah. So all of us are going to be buff and hot and sexy together.
3: Yeah.
2: And and that's our, our Instagram. You know, like, yeah. so... so it's it's a it's a lot of a lot of these shows of representation help our own community mm-hmm. uh, to untangle all that. I, I've learned so much about um, from of trans people from shows like Disclosure and like Orange is the New Black and how yep. important Lavon Cox's character is. Yeah. Um, so it just as a queer person, I'm learning so much already mm. from representation in that decision to have more people represented across the spectrum, you know? Yeah, Mm.
3: yeah.
0: So so what about the Singapore space in that area is what you are the most optimistic about? Because just hearing from what you were saying 10 years ago, it sounds like that was a different Singapore. Now, I mean, it's also kudos to people like you who has started a queer podcast. Thank you. You know, who have been very open about your sexuality and showing young people out there that, yo, you can be yourself, you can own it. Mm. Uh, But what else about the current landscape in Singapore are you optimistic about?
2: I think in general, people are in Singapore, Singaporeans are realizing that they have a voice. Mm,
3: mm.
2: They've always had a voice, right? They've always had a voice. Um, And and as we're using it, I'm hoping that people will also understand their responsibility in using your voice as well. Yeah. Because you can look real stupid Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and... It's going to be really hard to defend your character when mm. your voice is is written out and it's yep. tweeted and yep. it's going to stay that way forever. Not that I, like, I don't believe in cancel culture. I, I believe mm. in rehabilitation. I believe in, like, like I've talked about throughout this whole episode about trying to understand what created this and how we can all improve and get better, mm. right? Mm. Um, and um, I, I am optimistic that people are starting to realize with saying and then reading the the feedback, reflecting and speaking to more people about it and they're growing and they're changing mm. and, and their voice starts to sort of, they start to hone that voice, you know? Mm. So I'm optimistic of that because if like in in last, was it last year or earlier? No, it was earlier this year, I think, was when um, that man came into that small SMOL salad joint and mm. he saw oh, yeah, the pride yeah, the flag, flag, flag and he yeah. threw it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if that happened maybe 20 years ago, I'm not sure if we would have that conversation so publicly, mm. right? But that is happening now because a lot of people who used to think they were alone in whatever anger they were feeling, that this is wrong. Now they're actually supported by people who will be like, yeah, that, that's right. That is wrong. And I'm going to stand with you and I'm going to amplify what you just said. Mm. Right. Where now we can call out all this bullshit. Um, so that makes me optimistic that if I were to walk out and someone throws a slushie at my face, Glee style, mm-hmm. and, and I go to social media and be like, this is what happened. And this person caught me be um, like a gay slur. I know someone is going to stand with me and I and I mm. can believe that something can actually happen.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I, I that makes me optimistic a little bit. Um, when it comes to representation, I'm not so sure yet. Okay. Okay. Um, but we are now able to get our resources when we need them, right? Mm-hmm. If we want to watch a queer eye, we'll find a way to watch a queer eye. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on YouTube as well. It's on Facebook, Instagram. We can unfollow one account and follow an activist, mm-hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we can have positive representation out there. It's readily available for you so that part makes me optimistic another great one is i've been doing a lot of interviews for students for their projects Mm. and i get students are like hi i'm doing uh my my group project is lgbtq plus representation in singapore in the media yeah i'm like you're doing that in bali like in secondary school as well and Mm. and he's like yeah yeah yeah," and like does your teacher know that you're doing this topic He's like yeah 100 i'm like (sighs) wow Wow! can you send me an email and cc your teacher and i was like yeah yeah and i'm Mm. just like whoa like and also like from my own school like neon poly as well and they're doing this as their group project like i would have never done this like 10 years ago when 11 12 years ago when i was Mm. in school we would never had the balls to do something like that yeah and now you're doing it so that that that's a very clear representation that that like um that indication that Progress is happening. Mm-hmm. So,
0: so how does yeah. all that influence your music? Because I mean, the the seed of this podcast uh, came about because you are releasing your next single on twentieth August. Yeah, right. And I know. Like just based on your previous album and the name of your next album, which is Sissy. Sissy. Um and you mentioned just also it, it does factor into your music. Yeah. So what is this upcoming single about and what does it reflect about the current space or or mind that you're in?
2: Yeah, I I I've kind of always used the pronouns that felt comfortable for me. If I'm singing about a guy, I use he. You know. Mm. So so that was already like a tough thing. It's like, should I use she? Um, um, but I always stuck to he um, and and taking it one step further by naming the next album Sissy and I'm just gonna have fun um, I'm gonna do colorful fun music because that's where yeah. I'm, at, I'm at right now in my life yeah. my first album was a lot darker because it was, it was during that period where I was like recovering and healing and uh, I was exploring all these different things um oh well,
1: was right i mean i remember your music video for murder right murder oh gosh yeah it was, was very gritty yeah very gritty yeah. very dark uh, yeah. almost it seemed almost like uh there was a was very kind angry. of yeah violence that yeah. was being mm-hmm. expressed on screen as well
2: yeah so so that was that the whole period before i named the album filthy because it was about the night and mm. exploring all these different parts of of who we are when we hide in the yeah. dark right yeah. um so that was that album and and this new album is just coming out mm, bright yeah. colorful but also talking about things that I'm that, that so so we are done as the new single right mm. and that sort of the thing that i I have been saying to um, some people in my life which is like we are done Mm. um and it may not be to their faces but it's it's just things in my mind where like i have been chasing after this person for so long and i "I want this person to just acknowledge me and 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 care about me and i'm just like we're done like this this is not healthy for you this is not healthy for this person we're done so that song is about that Mm. Mm. is about sort of knowing that you cannot be part of this thing because it's just not healthy for you or that person. And it's, um, but the sound, it's colorful, it's fun. It's like Venga Boys, Aqua, mm, Bubblegum mm. Pop, you know, which is mm. the sound that I miss I from, love that. Yeah. you know, it's just really the silly. Bankers, yeah. And then last year, I released All I Want to Do, mm. which is also a very colorful pop song, but yeah. the lyrics are, all I want to do is disappear. And it's about that feeling of suicidal ideation where it's like, when i'm in a state where i don't know what i can do and i don't understand the world i don't understand mm. my feelings or so this person i just want to disappear i just want to run away you mm. know i want to run from all this because it's very frustrating and exhausting so that's what i do so my, my music's like that my music's it's it's cathartic because it i write it from a space of what i'm experiencing yeah mm. and most of it comes from journal entries that i'm writing that sure. actually then take into a, like a chorus or a verse yeah. but also it's a bizarre feeling when Mm. you are in a state of anxiety but then you listen to a song that you wrote and Mm. you sound so colorful and confident on the song
3: Mm. and
2: then it's like a reminder to yourself that i can be this because i was so pumped when i recorded this song Mm. so Mm. i can be like that right like because because when you're low you think this is all you've always been and this Mm. is all you'll ever be Mm. and I, i think music for me has been great as well i to create and then also show myself that you're able to stand up, you're able to sound happy.
0: Yeah. (sighs) And and when did you write this song? Go we are done. Yeah.
2: Um, this was a couple of months back. And then I, I I just knew going in that I want the first song to have that 2000s Eurodance mm, vibe, which mm, yeah, which for some reason it took over the world and it had the silliest lyrics and it was so repetitive, mm. but it was so fun. So catchy. Yeah. So catchy. So we are done is exactly like that. Yeah.
1: I see, I see. Yeah. So, and, and the, but just just uh wondering what the process of of uh you know your your music and everything. How how does it how do you even find time to write or record and all that given that I mean your full time gig is, is a radio DJ. Yeah. I mean and uh, I'm sure you have a lot a host of other commitments hosting and, and all that as well. So where does that time to to even write music you know come from?
2: I do a lot of things. Yeah. But I'm also never busy.
1: Hmm. Please explain.
2: Yeah. You know, try
0: I to
3: understand, understand what that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What that means. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I, I I'm never busy. I, I'm a bit of a yes man. Like someone asked me, like, you want to mm. get coffee? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll I'll just move this and move that and I'll make it work. I, I, I like I like experiencing yeah. um like I just went to the bookstore earlier on at Kinokuni. I like doing that. And I, and I did the radio show today and I did yeah. an interview as well. I did, I did a bunch of things and I did this radio, yeah. did this podcast, but then I will still have a, a, a chunk of time later on for me to just play Mortal Kombat. Mm. You know, mm. I, I I when I was in secondary school, there was one friend who was always busy. Yeah, And I always wanted to hang out with him, but he was always busy. Um, maybe he just wanted to blow me off But like, But I just remember telling myself, I don't ever want to be busy.
1: Mm-hmm. Like I want to uh, okay. do
2: everything But I want to have Enough wiggle room To like randomly Go do something Oh
1: uh, okay Like if
2: right. I just want to go Through Genki Sushi I just want to yeah. go Genki Sushi And like one hour Watch a show Yeah, yep, And yep. just yep. be by myself You know So I, I always have time And um, actually When it comes to Writing music and stuff It happens when Like at the most awkward times mm. When I'm in the shower I'm singing mm. Or I'm journaling Something on the bus yeah. And then I'm like Oh that actually Actually rhymes So I could turn this Into a song And then And then I end up Writing a lot of it On the mundane travel I on see, the bus on the train
0: mm. yeah so so you, this is the first of how many songs that are slated? because it is an album right yeah
2: yeah it's a, it's a relatively short album i know it's a 2000 story but 2000s we had albums that were like 18 19 20 yeah. songs yeah, yeah man yeah, yeah. you got a lot CD, of money yeah, no, yeah, 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 no, yeah, it costs yeah. so much money it costs so much money just to do one song and for it to sound yeah. a certain way um you understand, if you, especially if you listen to podcasts, you know, mm. you want your own podcast to sound a certain way, have that certain quality to it. So, mm-hmm. same thing with music, because I love music so much, I want my song to sound a certain way, have that polish. Mm. So, I spent a lot of money to make all that happen. And it—it's it, not a good investment, honestly. It's—I watch a lot of Shark Tank. This is called an expensive hobby. Mm. Okay, you get barely any money in return, especially mm. now you can't perform. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you're not gonna get money back anyway, but you're pumping in money, and then you got to think of like, okay, album artwork, get the photo shoot done for that, and then yep. music video, lyric video, mm. um, social media campaign, like uh, just for one song. Oh, that's mm. exhausting. Okay, mm. so <laughs> so I have the rest of the album the music production stuff all done and paid for. I have not recorded my vocals, but I've written Mm -hmm. half of it and I'll spend time to be like, okay, let's see if I can save a little bit of money. Hopefully the AMC stock goes back up, Mm. you know, and then, and then when it's time, I'll put out something else. I'm pretty chill with it it, with my music right now. It's not like uh, anymore. Um, Cause we did start off with a whole like obsessive this world and I want to be a part of it. Right. But I've also learned to, um, not be shackled to my dreams, yeah. Because, um, just like understanding the first couple of girls that I had a crush on, and be like, oh, mm. they all used to be like long-haired Chinese girls because they all look like the anime, all look mm. like this. i I had these dreams to be in entertainment when Mm. i didn't have a lot of friends i was trying to fit in with everyone else i didn't want to just be called and i wanted Mm. to be great at these things and i just so happened to have some skill set yeah right or some talent as they say Uh, but i don't want to be shackled to my dreams like if tomorrow i just want to like go back to school you Mm. know or if i want to just start a cafe say about start a cafe mm. and just do coffee stuff mm. I want to do that and nothing to do with my dreams yeah. you know because these dreams I came up with and and I I, I, I said that this is what I want to do yeah. at such a young age when I didn't understand the world I didn't understand myself or what I wanted and then you spend the rest of your life reminding yourself oh yeah my goal was to be a pop star hall mm. so I mm. better be a pop star hall
1: so I mean, you, you're <laughs> you know? kind of saying that you're you you're not following like some no. fixed release schedule or album no, drop like, or something. I'm doing the
2: radio thing. I'm doing the podcasting. I'm doing yeah. a little bit of everything, but I'm also very free. So so mm. you basically your music
1: will uh, it will keep coming. <laughs> yeah, it's just that there's no like fixed like no. timeline where you're like okay, I got to finish this so that I can no. start promoting you know? it and all mm-hmm. that.
2: You don't know how long you're gonna be on this. Earth. You want to experience what you want to experience. Yeah, so, that's it.
0: So you know, listening to your story, I mean, you grew up in a religious family. You came out to a religious family you Mm -hmm. you grew i mean you grew up in the time when singapore the lgbtq plus community was not that uh that open Mm -hmm. so what and now also like i mean you're doing a lot of things and like what you said your music right now is an expensive hobby but yet you still do it Mm -hmm. so throughout that it seems like there's you're always just pushing through obstacles so what is what is that what is the juice that keeps you going or like, what, what, what is the motivation there?
1: I don't Marigold know. juice. <laughs> huh?
0: Marigold juice, yeah. We'd like to thank our sponsor for this. Hey. <laughs> that's, the, that's the right answer, Josh. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what is the juice?
1: Because yeah, you, I, I think that what, the sense I get is that it's pretty f- exhausting to you know be on your personal front be tackling a lot of different things and
0: even now up to now at home sounds like there's
1: still some and i think you're seen also as a you know a face for for um the the activists as well you know when when they want you to make a statement whenever there's something controversial coming up yeah Yeah. well
2: but i'm also not doing a great ton i think for sure hands down people work actually physically labor much harder than i do you know i Mm -hmm. speak Mm -hmm. I use my voice, I mm. sing. Yeah, but sometimes that impact can Yeah, for sure. So, so it's, you know? it's it's yeah. your mental health that you want to be extra careful about, right? Yeah. So so that's what it is. Like I do music cuz it makes me happy. I create, mm-hmm. it empowers me. Feels great to live that fantasy where I'm a pop star in my mind. Like when I mm-hmm. listen to my own music, I'm like a rock star and I don't have to convince anyone, right? Mm-hmm. And just as like a, like a 10-year-old Josh is like, "Yeah, this is me on the song. I'm a fucking badass. I love me." <laughs> and that's fine. Maybe it's an ego thing. But I but Mm, But but I'm doing it and I paid for it. You know, someone else didn't pay I paid for it. So I can do that. Right. When it comes to the SG Boys podcast and and the conversations that we have, I'm not protesting at any, I'm not holding up a sign or anything Mm. like that, you know. Um I'm encouraging each other to share our stories. That's all I'm doing. I'm sharing my stories. It's a platform where you can use to do that. Um, That's what we do on the podcast. Uh, When it comes to the radio show that I host, I talk about entertainment news. I'm having a blast. When it comes to interviews that I do, the juice that gets me going, uh, number one is I'm fans of all these people and I love film mm-hmm. and pop culture and all that. So to meet these people is already like a pinch myself moment. But the second yeah. bit, the juice that also comes with honestly is spirituality. I, I always pray before every interview and my interview, my my prayer interview is always the same, which is mm-hmm. I I hope that this interview is useful for the person that I'm sitting down with. So mm-hmm. if, if I'm interviewing you, as much as this is great that we're doing this interview, I'm so happy to interview you. I hope this conversation helps you Mm. because maybe you needed to hear what you needed to say to me. Yeah. Mm. Right. And then I hope it helps the person watching this. Yeah. So that's all I want. I just want to be useful. I just want to have a role in this situation. So so that's why whenever I'm like, oh, I'm interviewing Ryan Reynolds or Hugh Jackman, as cool as that sounds, honestly, I'm just like, I'm just happy to be in the room. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm happy to play like a catalyst role and that's kind of it. And maybe... That is all I'm supposed to do in this life. Maybe like mm. 10-year-old Josh was obsessed with pop culture. He didn't have to be the make- mega celebrity. Maybe he just needed to play a role mm. in this and experience and observe all the different nuances. And like, mm. Oh, cool. Experience and question things and and then reassess and reflect and then live a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, some of the interviews that you've done are some of the more memorable mm. ones that have come out of Singapore, right, of the Thank media you. scene and all. So, so I think definitely you you are in, weaved into the fabric of like our our, our media scenery and like when we think of those interviews like uh which one which one for you was the most memorable actually i, I that's probably something
0: cuz i know you interviewed uh what Hugh, Jack- what's Hugh, Hugh right? Jackman, yeah. Patrick Stewart, Rami Malek, uh Zac Efron and Zendaya yeah right ryan reynolds yeah yeah
2: yeah Yeah. i've interviewed a lot of people yeah yeah which
0: is crazy
1: it's a real skill to to walk in a room with these people and their minders and then be able to you know gather yourself time time limit also very tight time limit and still be able to have a try to sit down and merely have like a short quick conversation yeah and try to get you know into the into their brains a little bit so uh yeah, if if anyone is thinking that interviewing is is very easy, well you just go there and you enjoy free drinks or you know, no, it's not it's not yeah. it's no not, you're no. probably exhausted from <laughs> yeah. traveling everything right.
2: I can name drop the house down and yeah. as fun as that it actually is the work that goes into mm. it is ridiculous because yeah. I spend 15 minutes with them right, especially yeah. if let's say it's in London right, but you don't see the flying there mm. and then the anxiety in the hotel room trying yeah. to figure out my questions and yeah. then in the bathtub running through the questions in my head, waking up at 5 a.m. Mm. going for a run to just make sure I'm, I'm my energy levels a certain way. Yeah thinking about what you're gonna do if something goes wrong, how to handle the the people that manage the artists Mm. and and them going through your questions and then adding feedback. So there's all this stuff and then actually passing the interview, uploading it and getting the reaction from people. Mm. So there's a lot of work to it, 100%. Um, Kid Josh is just over the moon because there are Mm. a lot of people that I've met that I thought I would never ever meet in my life. So I'm very, very happy with that. my most memorable one, I think it was. So I did my first big, big one was mm. Katy Perry. Mm. And this was, I'm still new in radio. Yeah. Right. They sent me to Tokyo because mm. uh, we were just talking, you just don't about Japan. Mm. Right. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, and Tokyo is one of those places that I think in the 90s, maybe. Uh, My parents always told me that Tokyo is very expensive. Mm, I think mm. in Singapore, it was like, Tokyo is very expensive, very expensive. Just go Penang, You know, know, it was just like, Tokyo is very expensive. So I have always dreamt of going to Tokyo as a gamer, anime, you know, I've always wanted to go to Tokyo and then it's all expenses paid Mm. and you're staying at a fancy hotel And one of my favorite films is Lost in Translation, Mm. which is filmed at the Park Hyatt Hotel. And my interview with Katy Perry is at the Park Hyatt Hotel. So it was all these things lining up. And then I interview Katie Perry I'm given 15 minutes with her But once I go in I go in colorful I have a lion's head as a bag And then I've got like Heel, boots, platform thingies And my first thing I tell her Is that you know Your dad's a pastor My dad's a pastor And then we instantly connected, And we ended up talking For like 30-45 minutes Wow and she ended up sharing with me what she's been going through with this album and she asked me some feedback like what song should I do as my next single and I offered her like a Bollywood movie and I told her, you should watch Dave Das <laughs> for this song <laughs> Legendary Lovers you should watch Dave Das and you should be I Rai and you should do this, yeah, this. Yeah. and we it was just all like it was not recorded but it was just conversations that we yeah. were having and it was I never expected that, yep. you know, because I thought it was going to be a tense interview. She may not like me, mm. get the questions and leave. And then I ended up connecting with a person mm. and I'm just spending time with this person. And then I'm stepping out of it. And then for three hours, I'm just like crippled in my hotel room. Like what just happened?
3: Yeah. Mm, yeah.
2: Right. So it's a scary feeling, but it was one, it, it, it kind of set the bar for me of, don't go in just to get the the scoop or whatever. You know all the things that I've learned about how it works in journalism. Maybe it works in other other areas, but for this bit about interviewing people in their movies and career and stuff, um, just go and connect with them, hear what they have to say, and that's mm. it. Just do mm. find your role. Um, so so that that was very very influential for me. And then mm. she wrote um she wrote on my vinyl um never lose your light. And I mm. and I always like that to me is my 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 prized possession from my room Yeah, Damn. not because it's Katy Perry you know it's just because this was someone who represented being the biggest pop star in the world and then she's just talking to some guy who just started out on radio and she wrote mm. Never Lose Your Light and mm. I appreciate that mm.
3: Yeah, and
2: when mm. I listen to Katy Perry music I don't think of that moment Yeah, because to me it's completely separate you know it's, it's, it's a very strange thing mm. uh, the mm. fantasy of the stage of yep. the performer yep. and then you actually meet them like I've interviewed Ryan Reynolds four times. Mm. Super chill guy who yeah. would hang out with the both of you. Actually, he probably mm. would get along mm. better with the two of you than me. Like he's very <laughs> very bro. Yeah, yeah you know. Uh, and Hugh Jackman, you think he's some like action hero he's guy? He's a laughing. he's such a he's a yeah. music guy. He loves yeah, musicals. Yeah. He's very. Uh fun yeah you know uh so, so there's all these things that you notice about some celebrities and you're just like oh yeah they're actually people
3: mm-hmm. and they're actually
2: here just to promote the movie that they did maybe like two years ago because mm-hmm. it took a long time for a movie to come out and then it's finally out and now they're here it's kind of obligation for them to promote the film and they probably flew in late last night they're very tired they just want to get through the interview. Mm-hmm. so just try to keep it fun for them make yeah. it entertaining for them as well mm-hmm. yeah you know, and then get to know the crew members. And I came from film school. So mm. I understand what the cameraman is doing. I mm. understand what all these different people are doing. I used to yeah. do personal assistant stuff as well. So I understand the person who's uh, at the admin side, just taking down my names. Like, I know yeah. what you're going through. Mm, so you, yeah. you then have a level of understanding for everyone's job scope in the mm. room,
0: so, you know? So I know one question that you asked uh, Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart, um, and I think a few others as well that I want to ask you now. <laughs> like uh what, what I think the question was when is the last time you felt really happy but you felt you didn't deserve it. Mm. Cuz I thought mm-hmm. so first I of all I, th- that, yeah. I thought those interviews were fucking great yeah, la, and they, and and I know they themselves found it great yeah. because I I think even Patrick Stewart said you know give yeah. me one more question cuz I'm enjoying this or something. Yeah. yeah. And and I always thought your questions were cool and this was a question that I wanted to ask you. La. Before Who's we the, move on to, like, the light-hearted part uh, uh, and, 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 and never mind, scratch whatever I just said. What's your answer? No, no
2: worries. Like, <laughs> so a lot of the questions come from general entries, right? So yeah. the general entries that I was already kind of, like, reflecting on these things in my own life.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: or if I'm watching the film and it happens to this, I, this question just happens to fall on me. I don't know where it comes from, uh, but it just happens to come to me and I'll put it down and be like, okay. um haven't answered these questions for myself though because even though I reflect on these things I don't usually always have an answer for these things Mm. so Mm. when was the last time I was so happy I felt like I didn't deserve it you were
0: so happy but you felt you didn't deserve it Mm. Uh,
2: well I feel like so much of my happy moments I feel like I don't deserve it Mm. like I I was just telling a friend um, like the mandatory thing like "How, how are you Josh you know how have you been you know and I'm like, I've been good. I've actually been good. I've been consistently good, and I'm not used to consistently good. Right? Mm. I I I I I've been used for things messing up. I've I'm used to to not feeling great. I'm used to always slipping up, um, drama and all that, you know. And and like I've been consistently happy, and the happy is. You know, spending time with my boyfriend, we're doing we're just watching TV. You know, and it's like, oh, things are just going well. Going radio show is going well, podcast is going well, everything is going well, and there are no like major peaks. You know, I'm not interviewing any major celebrities right now. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not mm-hmm. traveling around the world or anything. I'm just at least for the past year and a half, it's just been like little happy things. So I learned how to cook lak mu, it's Thai food. Love Thai food. Yeah. Um, Learn how to cook this dish, and, and and it's just I I feel happy and i had to remind myself that i should try to get used to this i should try to feel like i deserve this mm. you know because a lot of the big celebrity things happened before and i thought okay that was happy right because i did this big thing you know and i played a role and it came out, and it actually was appreciated by people and it affected my career in a great way so now i deserve to be happy because i actually did the work and and for the past year and a half everything has just been going really smooth Mm. and and i um, do I deserve this? Is this like a precursor to something terrible that's about to happen? You know? So so I've I've been finding it harder for me to just appreciate the everyday constant happy that I'm not used to. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. It
1: does. It does. It does. Especially I uh, I think during COVID when we've not had, you know, a chance to sort of bookmark our our day, our yeah. our, our year with oh I went to this holiday, I went to that holiday. It just feels like a constant kind of grind. Yeah. And if you don't try and appreciate the ups and downs a little bit, it'll just feel like you're just coasting through Yeah. Through life. Mm. Right. Yeah.
2: That's a great point. Cause it is harder to feel like you earned yeah. your happiness or your rest yeah. even, right? Yeah, where yeah, you are yeah. able to get seven hours of sleep and you yeah. feel like you deserve exactly. it. Yeah. But when you feel like you're kind of cooped up at home or you haven't had a lot of big exciting things, you yeah. feel like, am I just lacking off?
3: Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah.
2: So that's where I'm at. I I yeah. I'm learning to, I'm learning to just be like, this is how it should be. It's <laughs> like Actually. your base
0: like, It's like a solid base.
2: Yeah. This yeah. Thing.
0: That is great, man. That's cool. Great... And Do you
2: guys feel like you're at that stage where you're like able to cruise control and let go of the wheel for a while? Mm.
1: Uh, for me, it's it's uh, a bit easier because I had a, my, my son came to the world in the last year, pretty much. And uh, every morning you wake up and you're like, okay, he's, he's, He's too good for this I, I don't deserve this this goodness like you know so that's what you feel mm. when you see us your, when, when you see your, your kid you know just smiling at you every day and
0: then he sees yeah. a message from
1: me and he's and like oh, I see a message fuck her. Shit. this idiot didn't save the file and now i have to go back to my computer <laughs> yeah, yeah. so that's a high point enough that, now that uh, so i that balance to- <laughs> i balance
0: out his high points as a dad <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, <laughs> it's
2: it's one of those things that I, I'm learning to come also come to terms with that I'll probably never have a son like, I cannot imagine how stressful but also like yeah, yeah. just how incredible that must feel I mean I can see it a is, change is, in Terenza uh, for yeah. the
0: better for the better as much as I shit on him I can see his uh, the change and yeah it's in some way I think to answer your question I think for me I'm getting used to it because last year was mm. rough mm. uh for I mean Roof, the industry yeah. with some network we made the TV show for and all but now I guess yeah it's finding that 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 how you say that steady state, la. Mm. Uh and, and like yeah the, the waves are still up and down and all but finding a steady state uh, is is I'm closer to that now than I was a year before
3: mm. yeah
0: uh, a lot closer so but it's still still a lot more to sort out la. I think I think in yeah. like
1: 10 20 years time we're yeah. all gonna look back at this period and then be like, holy shit, like mental health for everyone during this period was like, uh, you know, really affected. Lah. But no, we, we did never realized it that it would be so, such a big deal. You know, people just staying yeah. at home. I mean, yeah. I hope
0: everything. we all come out of it stronger because now, yeah. I mean, if you're finding steady state in the rough seas, Hopefully, when things go back to normal, we'll be like, "Oh shit, we went through that," you know, like. I'm uh,
2: scared of what that's gonna be like. Oh really? When, when you're when you're going at like 200 miles per hour for mm. so long, and then all of a sudden you screech yeah. halt. Yeah. Comes a screeching halt, right? You know, when we've been, this has been the new normal mm. for a while, and that new normal concept scares me because I'm like, what happens the day Singapore says, "Okay, y'all can fly to wherever you want."
0: Yeah. <laughs> I
2: mean, to be honest, like, uh, when
0: we opened up i did feel like oh fuck because Mm. the there's the the morbid thing about say circuit breaker Mm -mm. is like everyone is going through the same thing yeah you know and the moment things open up and then you see that whole variety yeah i feel that unease too Mm. uh i think it's helped that it has been gradual but i remember when circuit breaker ended i did feel like oh fuck everybody's life is gonna get back to normal, and media still was kind of getting fucked over Mm. so it felt like oh shit people are gonna start going back to normal and Where's media going to be? Yeah. So I,
1: I get what you mean, like that, that certain like, hmm, what is it going to look like? It's yeah. going to be like, open up, I open up Instagram and then Muna is like on a sailboat somewhere. In yeah, that's Costa right. Rica. I mean, even my-, my you know? go- Oh, I wish I was there.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, in, in some way also like my girlfriend is really talking, okay, when are we going to travel next? And I was like, oh shit, I haven't had to think about travel plans for a long time and it was kind of liberating, you know, like, okay. Yeah. But then now I'm like, oh yeah, okay. uh Yeah, we can travel, we can travel and, and that's where it just—it's almost like you know you use an iPhone. Yeah. It's very little options, it, but it simplifies things. Yeah. Now life is going towards Android lah. You know life has been iPhone, iPhone for the past year. You
2: can randomly download some random yeah, app and yeah, install it. You can it, jailbreak then...
0: this. You can move this, and I'm like, huh. Yeah. Okay, that's that. But but that that's that's I guess inevitable.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But well, that's why I felt very lucky to have a son in the last year. Yeah. Because you will be like, oh, I can't travel anymore. Wait, no one can travel anymore. Yeah, or no, oh, pro- I can't go out anymore. Oh, no one can go out you're anymore. You're probably
0: spending more time with your kid than dads and have then, spent yeah, in history. Yeah. <laughs> in history. Yeah, pandemic yeah, exactly. babies, yeah. yeah, yeah pandemic yeah. babies. Your babies going to sure. come out like so solid Um, and, and yeah. Or, yeah or, or the other way lah. Like, or just like- Yeah, like, just like me fuck me, you like. dad. Fuck you dad. <laughs> get away dad. I had enough of you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I have a question. Do yeah. you feel like you're spending more- or spending less Uh, while in this pandemic Um, because you talk about the whole travel bit right because we used to spend a lot of money the average Singaporean spends a lot of money you know traveling traveling to Bangkok, Bali, Taiwan, Mm. Tokyo and all that right so now that we haven't been able to travel I mean we're Mm. supposedly we saved a lot of money from that right but Mm. obviously we funneled that money to other things lah yeah so do you feel like you're spending more or Um, saving i
0: feel i'm spending less but that is also a large reason for that is because i moved in with my girlfriend and (gasps) things like with um food and all that so she loves to cook so cooking a lot more at home is saving us a lot of money from Mm. going out uh and i think yeah even the clothes and all that i feel like okay i haven't need to get new clothes and that whole thing is prolonging so
2: i think overall i'm
0: spending less okay Yeah, yeah yeah uh what about you
2: I feel like I'm way spending more. more, <laughs> way more. Online shopping. Wait, no. So like, I I don't do the online shopping thing yeah. but actually, so the cooking thing is what I spend a lot of money on because mm. I'm also not a great cook. Yeah. I'm trying to be a good cook mm. but you spend so much money like $30 for a dish oh, that yeah, you could have yeah. bought for $10 oh, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you Just get it wrong. For, you're cooking yeah. for one or two people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. do that and I'm also cabbing everywhere.
1: Uh, yes,
2: mm. I'm cabbing everywhere so a lot of my yeah, money is going to be. Especially when you compare
0: anything to chaipeng. You're like, fuck, I could have spent Four dollars mm-hmm. and gotten an amazing meal. Mm-hmm. Especially in the near office is the best fucking chai bung in the world. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, We can share the deeds with you later. Okay, yeah. and yeah. then
2: also you you're buying the gaming chair. Exactly. You're yeah. buying the random lamp that you saw on yeah. Instagram mm, just because yeah. it'll give the aesthetic to your room yeah. a bit. Yeah. You know, I bought like a bunch of fake plants from IKEA for my room. Yeah. So I thought I could look at the plants and everything. <laughs> They're fake plants. <laughs> they don't do anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They yeah. really don't. And then I put them in a the corner of the room where there's no sunlight. Also, so yeah. it's just very weird. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're fake plants
1: right in front of you right exactly, now. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, for, 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 for me it's been I mean um uh, I mean take aside the, the fact that I have to spend more on my child mm. and all that but I legitimately have a reason to buy like toys now because oh you know my kid i wanna I, I, I need to buy that train set for him mm. even though it's for like four-year-old kids you know he, he's not four yet but but I just I, I just need to have like a hobby for myself at home you know and I tell myself I'm doing it for the kid
2: <laughs> mm. so they actually have kids like toy stuff for kids still
1: yeah yeah like toy trains
0: because I've always been stuff, like yeah.
2: curious you know because like the whole Toys R Us and the whole mm. like toy industry has yeah. been in this.
0: I mean, rough Josh, state for his a while. kid is uh, one year old and he's getting train sets so it's <laughs> obviously <laughs> for him it's not for his kid he's <laughs> 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 got batteries and <laughs> you <laughs> use screwdrivers <laughs> and all I that. thought
2: it would be like oh they'll just download the app no 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 I mean you want
3: the tactile so
1: you try to keep devices away from kids until they're like you know three or four if you can because mm. it's not good for their eyes. Mm. So you yeah, you buy train sets for them to just look at while daddy plays with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's like he was really planning like he wanna build this
0: train system for Christmas. And I'm like, hey, fuck you, like your kid is not good He's not to walking yet. to appreciate <laughs> it. Oh my He just gosh. wants to eat the train I'm like, okay. That's yeah.
2: That's so cool. Like the yeah. full on, like
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to I try to do like a winter wonderland thingy that will go around the tree and everything, you know. <laughs>
3: Like, dream that <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. so nerdy, but it's like,
1: no, no, no. then I'm like buying the lights and all that, the LEDs that you can set up, and you know, they'll, they'll, and then the bell rings every time the train passes. I mean, it's that's
0: why like between the two of us, he handles more the tech stuff because he 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 loves this 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 sort of stuff. Like, I'm like sure the, you appreciate all this, is I, yeah, all right. yeah, 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 it's yeah, like your own yeah. little like HQ, yeah, yeah. universal. yeah, yeah, yeah. but well, yeah, cool. cool. So, so I mean, how we how we always uh, end off our podcast is with this little segment called one Shook thing. Okay. Um, and and it's where each of us just share one thing that we have come across from the past few days, um, that hopefully can be shared with our audience. So, so not so much like something someone cooked for you, but maybe like a link or an article or a video or something that you saw. So we will go first to give you a bit of a heads up. Um, uh, so Terrence, you wanna you wanna kick things off?
1: Um. I mean, uh, ours is, my, my one shot thing is kind of a, a plug for our own show as well. Uh, I mean, we did our first, we produced our first uh, Mandarin TV series Oh okay. uh, last mm. year. And uh, it wasn't really a TV series. It was a web series. Uh, but I think the network liked it so much, they asked us to piece it together as a full telly movie. And they're showing it tonight, actually, on uh, Channel 5. Hey. It's a Mandarin show being shown on Channel 5. Tonight, 17th August.
0: 17th August. Yeah, yeah. Tuesday, 17th August Tuesday, at 9.30
1: p.m. And uh, yeah, it's going to be on TV. I mean, it stars Noah Yap and and, and Jasmine Sim. Uh, also trying out a Chinese... I mean, for Noah, it's like his first big like Chinese role as well. So uh, it's just, he's I mean, the lead for it as well. He's the lead, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. So yeah, for us, I mean, I think it's just uh, I think we're gonna just gather with some friends to watch it tonight as well, cause it's a uh, like you know we talk about celebrating the small things over the last year, right? So. For us, it's just a a little bit of a milestone that this is finally hitting television. You know, yeah, we're especially because so yeah, I yet. don't
0: speak Chinese. Terence's Chinese is shit, and yet yeah. we made a Chinese series, la. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we did. Uh,
1: we made a Tamil Tamil TV, TV sheet, pilot, yeah. even though you also don't. Speak I also Tamil. don't speak Tamil. You were, you played a, a deaf mute character in yeah, in the, in the yeah, show because I don't know how to speak Tamil. <laughs> 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 but we made that as well.
0: Yeah. Um, so it's come it's showing today, but also another day, right?
1: No, just today for um, the full um, telemovie movie experience. It's only tonight okay, on Channel Five. At 9.30 p.m. And then
2: where will it go after?
1: Uh, it's already on Mi Watch. It's been on okay. Mi Watch for the last six, uh, five, four, five
0: years. So that months. means this podcast has to come out before like 9 p.m. tonight.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. Who's working on that? Terrence! Yeah yeah, 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 It will be out. It will be out. It will be out, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, my one show thing is this uh, recent, uh, I mean, this animated show I recently started watching on Netflix called Kipo and the Master. Uh, mm. Kipo and, fuck, what's the name? Kipo and the... I Monsters you,
1: of the Universe or something. Were you just talking about another animated show? Yeah, now I'm, from... on, now I'm
0: on. I'm now I'm on animated binge. Okay. okay. Uh, because we're also working on a concept of an animated show la. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So Kipo and the Age of Wonderbeast. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's one of the show that I never heard anything about, but on Netflix while I was looking. Um, it's essentially set in this world where there's people who live beneath the surface mm-hmm. and people who live, live above the surface. And the main character is uh, a female, a girl who gets pushed to the surface after um, a flooding underground. La. And I think it's been a few hundred years since humans lived on the surface. So you get all these huge-ass beasts. And she kind of gets her own motley crew of people who help her find her way home. La. And mm. it's kind of like um, a comedy action um, but with dope music la. Like I, I love a show With good music So yeah It's been quite a nice surprise Because I watched it Having no expectations But yeah It's pretty cool
2: Where, where is it on which On Netflix, Netflix Netflix Yeah Netflix okay. What's the title again?
0: Kipo and the Age of Wonderbeast Okay Yeah okay. And it's I never English. heard of it Yeah it's English Oh okay uh, and, and it's made by By uh, Dreamworks I think Oh Yeah oh, So
1: it's a, it's, a show or a... it's a TV show It's a TV show It's a TV series, okay, series. Yeah, see, yeah. It's
0: pretty series Yeah It's pretty, pretty dope Yeah. Cool.
1: So,
2: Joshua, I have a new new single Mm. that comes out on August 20th. Mm. Uh, In the time of the recording, it's this Friday. It's Mm. called We Are Done. It'll be out on Spotify, Apple Music. Um, Enjoy the song. It is a fun, fierce club anthem that Mm. is like you have to sashay to it, like you have to walk. It Mm. demands cardio. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a, just a fun song. Just enjoy it.
0: And I'm guessing you'll announce it on all your social media platforms. Yeah,
2: yeah. So it comes out this Friday. It'll be, a, it'll be fun.
1: Music video as
0: well. Uh, no, Not yet. no.
2: Okay, I, I have a music video in mind, but it costs money. Got it, got it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I, I won't be able to afford that as of right now. But just, just enjoy the song. I think it's pretty visual already when you listen to it.
0: So, so where can people find you? Because you do a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. But maybe just give a shout out to your social media profiles, any websites sure. or.
2: Sure. Uh, my music's on Spotify and Apple Music. Just search Joshua Simon. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Joshua Simon XL. Um, I'm on YouTube. Just type Joshua Simon. Mm-hmm. On- Wikipedia. Just. Types Josh yeah. cool. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, other cool things to share. They recently um, discovered a pterosaur. Mm. It's kind of like a pterodactyl. It's like the closest to like an actual dragon oh, that flew okay. over Australia like 150 uh, million years oh, ago. Oh shit!
3: Yeah,
2: I like going on some random nerdy things. Oh, Wait, you, I fucking love dinosaurs. So.
1: Just one more thing. Yeah. You had your, you had said so you have your podcast.
2: Mm. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I'm so like, bad at this yeah. thing <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, everyone. Yeah. Um, I've got a podcast. Um, the. the The SG Boys podcast, it's an LGBTQ plus theme podcast recorded here in Singapore. Mm. Uh, It's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, We cover topics like coming out, loneliness, uh, being queer in the military in Singapore. Uh, We've also had special guests from Melanie C from the Spice Girls, also Mm. St. Vincent, Love, Conan Gray. Uh, Go check it out. We have two seasons out now and we'll be launching season three very soon. The SG Boys. Awesome. Cool, all also right. A lady found a massive rock. Okay. I'm saying. Oh, no, then another <laughs> joke backyard. thing. Oh, wow, you're, you're, on a, you're on a roll. Yeah, okay, complete
1: that
0: thought. Did you know that,
2: that ants stretch in the morning when they wake up? Oh, really? Do <laughs> they sleep? I'm sure. <laughs> at some point, they just stop moving, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Have yeah. Moving. you ever
2: seen an Which ant that just stop moving and chilling for a while? Mm. I
0: don't know, because fish sleep with half a brain at a time. So they're always on high alert. Ah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. So they're just like... Mm. Yeah, that's what just They're like... like mm. They just they just know how to like I mean they they kind of need to stay alert lah right because right, right. they don't have like a cave they can they, they, they yeah. that they can go into and Nemo sleeps no Nemo is a TV show <laughs> Joshua it was it's not real fish
2: don't
3: actually
0: talk
2: What about Santa Don't tell <laughs> yeah. me he's not
3: real too
0: Cool man dude thank you so much for coming coming thank on our podcast Yeah. I feel like we talked for best. like
2: four hours or something. Oh, no. I think uh, it was about uh, hour, hour and a half.
0: Hour yeah. and a half. Really?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We covered so many things. Oh, yeah, exactly. It was, it was, exactly. It was it, fucking
0: yes. great, man. Cool. Ooh. All right. Thank you so much. And we will talk to y'all soon.